This is the Cool Meanderings with Dr. Germ G Podcast. Thanks for listening. Welcome back to the Cool Meanderings with Dr. Germ G Podcast. Good Saturday afternoon to you. I hope everything is going well. Uh, My thoughts and prayers are with all the communities and families affected by the storms this weekend. Uh, I hope and pray that they find as many healthy family members and community members as possible. Um, Definitely hoping for as many good outcomes as possible. So to shift to something a little lighter, um, I'm on today to give my thoughts on tonight's Final Four matchup. It's been a crazy NCAA men's tournament this year. Um, Definitely one of the wildest ones. Uh, We are in a situation where we've got the most unlikely matchups where there are not only don't we have number one seeds this year, but there we didn't have a number one seed that made it out of the sweet 16. I don't, I don't think that's happened in years. So here's what we're looking at. Uh, The university of Connecticut Huskies are the remaining highest seed in the tournament at four. But you can argue that the Huskies have played like a real number one seed. I mean, they took their opponents out in the round of 16 and round in elite eight by an average of 26 points. In the Sweet 16, they ran past eight-seeded Arkansas at 88-65, to 65, and then they just trounced the Final Four favorite Gonzaga by nearly 30 points, 82-54. to 54. So they're going to represent the West region in tonight's second game against the number five-seeded Miami Hurricanes, the unlikely Midwest region champs, and representatives of the Atlantic Coastal Conference. So the Hurricanes had to go through the number one seeded Houston Cougars and the number two seeded Texas, Texas Longhorns to reach the final four, which is going to be played at NRG stadium in Houston. So the hurricanes beat two big time Texas programs that had all the incentive in the world to make this year's final four. And yet Miami, they took care of business convincingly. I mean, they, they handled Houston 89 to 75. And then they had a thrilling comeback against Texas Stealing the game in the second half, 88 to 81. So I, it's a pretty good matchup, UConn and Miami. Uh, on paper, UConn looks like the superior team. I mean, when you look at point differential, or which is the team's average margin of victory, UConn was number two in the nation this year with a point differential of 14.4 points, while the Hurricanes had a point differential that was just about half at 7.6 points. I mean, even San Diego State, which is arguably the least explosive offensive team left in the tournament, has a higher point differential of 8.5. All that said, it should be noted that the Houston Cougars, the number one seeded Houston Cougars, were they were tops in point differential this season. In fact, Houston was tops in a lot of statistical categories. So we shouldn't really overstate the importance of point differential. Because again, Miami took care of them pretty, pretty easily. So, but if you look overall, if you look a little deeper at the stats, you can make an argument that UConn and Miami are somewhat evenly matched. Both teams average in the high 40s this season for field goal percentage. In fact, Miami's field goal percentage is actually a few points higher than UConn's. 
Both teams shoot about 36, 37% from three. But UConn, to me, they look like the hotter team from three. I mean, you could make a case that, you know, Miami faced a little bit stiffer competition to reach the final four. In fact, you know, Miami's win against Texas uh, came without really hitting it from three. They they, They were only two for eight from three against Texas. So they basically muscled their way back into the game from the paint and foul line. Because again, I mean, they were down by 12 or 13 points with less than 10 minutes to play. So they, I mean, they really muscled their way back. Plus, you know, they, they were able to get some stops. You know, they made Texas turn the ball over and that ended up being the difference. So I think if Miami can get some steals against UConn and make their high percentage shots from mid range or around the paint, I think they have a shot. You know, when you look at UConn's season, they had a three-game losing streak in the Big East where they really struggled with turnovers. I mean, by nearly a two-to-one margin. So, you know, UConn, I mean, look, they have, what, eight losses this season? They can be beaten for sure. I mean, they lost to St. John, Seton Hall, um, you know, non-tournament teams. So, I mean, they definitely have their weaknesses. So I, I think... In the turnover department, this is where Miami could have an advantage because Miami does, they do a good job of stealing the ball. They're the best team left in terms of steals. And UConn, you know, when they're not, when they're not hitting their shots and, you know, turning the ball over, things can go sideways. So I think that's Miami's opening, but how I, I think UConn is probably going to play a solid game. And I think in the end, they will outlast the Canes into nice matchup because of its front court play. See, UConn is, in my mind, the best rebounding team left in the tournament. Statistically, they're not, but they are, in my mind, the best rebounding team left. And they're definitely the best shot blocking team left, statistically and visually. I mean, they do dominate. So, and I, so I think if they can limit the turnovers, I could see I see UConn wearing down Miami on the glass. Plus, UConn's guard play is actually a little underrated. As a team, they have around 650 assists. That's nearly 100 more assists better than the next team, which would be Florida Atlantic. So I think the Canes, I think the Canes will will make it interesting because their guard play is dynamic. They've got some long guards and and they they have a really nice per- perimeter game. I mean, they proved against Texas that they don't need to win. They don't need to take a bunch of threes to win. You you only take eight threes, you make two of them, and yet you find a way to not only come back from a double-digit deficit, but you score 88 points. So, if you take away threes, so only 6 out of their 88 points against Texas were from three. So Miami can put the ball in the hoop, but I think UConn is a tougher matchup in the paint. And if Miami were to find themselves in a similar situation where they're down by 10, 11, 12 points, I don't see the comeback this time. I think, I think they're going to have to crank it up from three. And I think UConn defends the perimeter decently. So in the end, I would say the Canes will make it interesting for a while. 
But in the end, I like UConn to pull away. I'll, I'll go with, in my head, I'm seeing 88, but I'm going to go with 85 to 74. There might be a, maybe it might be a little closer than, than that. I mean, it might be closer than the score indicates, you know. But um, in the end, I think UConn will hit hit their free throws and stretch it out to like a, a 10, 11 point win. So, yeah, so that's the, so that's the second game. Now, in terms of rebounding teams, I mentioned that UConn, in my mind, I thought that UConn was the best rebounding team in the, left in the tournament. But statistically, they are not. Statistically, the best rebounding team left in the tournament is the number nine seeded Florida Atlantic University Owls, who are definitely the darlings of this year's crazy tournament. Despite winning 35 games so far, I don't think anyone, at least no one that I know, uh, was picking, you know, Florida Atlantic to win the East bracket. Okay. Uh, But yes, statistically, Overall, they're great statistically. I mean, they're in the top categories. They're just as good of an offensive team as UConn. Um, They definitely, technically, they crash the boards better. They have more total rebounds as a team than UConn. Even though in my mind, when when I look at the two teams, I mean, I think UConn is just a better team on the glass and the paint. Um, uh, But technically... Florida Atlantic from Conference USA is a better rebounding team. Um, they're actually they're really good at distributing the ball as well. I mean, they're they they are the second best team in terms of total assist, and they have a decisive advantage in that in that statistic against their opponent tonight in the first game, which will be the number five seeded San Diego State Aztecs from the Mountain West Conference. Um, in terms of offensive stats, overall, I think that um, FAU has some advantages over San Diego State, which is not—it's not considered to be the best or most explosive offensive team. Now, in terms of defense, San Diego State is considered to be the best, um, arguably. Um, and that is probably the main reason why they are in the final four. But if you look at the stats, they both do a good job of, you know, creating turnovers by manufacturing steals. Although San Diego state has a slight edge there. Um, now here's an area where I think San Diego state could make some gains against the owls. The San Diego State has a decisive advantage in shot blocking. Um, In fact, Florida Atlantic was the only team in the Sweet 16 that had less than 100 um, blocks. Uh, So they had 97, 98 uh, blocks um, for the season. Uh, The only team in the Sweet 16 that had less than 100 blocks. In the end, I don't think it really mattered because... I mean, they they were able to take care of their competition. Um, I think in this case, it will it won't matter either. I think uh, FAU is a more explosive team overall. I think that their defense will catalyze their offense, which is better than San Diego State's. You know, in the round of sixteen, 
they were able to match Tennessee's style of play, which was a little slower. They won that game 62 to 55 and then cranked up the juice and really put out the offense against uh, a very strong Kansas State squad, outlasting them 79 to 76. So <clears throat> I really don't I don't see Florida Atlantic being phased by San Diego State's defense. In fact, I I think the Aztecs are quite fortunate to be in the Final Four as they could have and probably should have lost their Elite Eight game against number six seeded Creighton. I mean, they squeaked by with a 57-56 win on some weird foul call at the end of the game, which was technically a foul, but I mean, it was like almost no time left on the clock. It was just an an odd situation. Um, I think San Diego State... um, will need to score more points tonight to keep up with the Owls. And I just don't see that happening. I actually like Florida Atlantic to run away with this one, like 80 to 63. <laughs> yeah, I really, I really do. I, I like FAU in a blowout. I'm going FAU 80, San Diego State 63, maybe 65. But I think I, I, liked, I like the Owls to win in a route. And then that means... We're going to have an improbable matchup for Monday night's national championship game between the Yukon Huskies and the Florida Atlantic, the number five seeded Yukon Huskies who have already won, is it four national titles against the, you can say unknown or lesser known, number nine seeded Florida Atlantic University representing Conference USA. Um, I think it's, I think it's, I think it's fair to say that just about all of the pressure will be on UConn to win the title. I think the pressure's on them regardless. I think the pre- they're I think they're expected to win tonight and regardless of who wins the, you know, Florida Atlantic San Diego State game, I think UConn is the clear favorite. Um so the pressure is on, but if they end up playing Florida Atlantic, which is which which is what I think will be the case if that matchup happens. The pressure is going to be through the roof. I mean, I could see you could see Florida Atlantic being a seven to nine point, maybe even I'd say seven to nine point underdog. Um, but I think it's going to be a much tighter game because Florida Atlantic, I think they can keep pace with the Huskies. They've proven that they've proven that throughout the tournament that they can match the play of of different types of teams and styles and squads and you know teams from you know the Big Twelve and the SEC. I, I I don't think Florida Atlantic is going to be the least bit intimidated by UConn. Um, they've won 35 games, only lost three. The stats, I think, tell us that they can score, they can shoot, they can rebound, they, they can turn the ball over. Um, so... I would not be shocked, okay? I would not be shocked if the Owls do the unthinkable Monday night and cut down the nets. I really wouldn't. That said, I'm not quite ready to make that bold of a prediction. I I think UConn will survive. I could see them winning this game 77 to 72, 77 to 71, but the game will be much closer than the score indicates. I think the difference in the end will be free throw shooting where UConn has an edge. This is in addition to uh, blocks. 
this is an area FAU where I think, you know, it, it, it will, I think this will be one of their weaknesses in the Monday night game. Um, I don't, I don't see it. I don't see free throw shooting having, having an impact on the game against um, tonight's game against San Diego state, because I just think they're going to outscore San Diego state, but in a tighter matchup against UConn where free throws really will matter. I, this is where I think UConn survives. So that's my, that's my take on the final four and where I see this ending up. <laughs> it's going to be a crazy ending to what's been a wild tournament and I'm excited to see it. Um, I'm not betting any money on it. Uh, no, I'm thankfully I did not waste any money betting on this tournament. No way. I'm just enjoying, you know, the, the games and the upsets and, um, San Diego state is favored to win tonight, but I think they're going to get trounced. I really do. I think, I think it's time to stop sleeping on Florida Atlantic. I mean, they are a legit powerhouse. I mean, so let's see, let's see how the games play out. UConn, they'll, they'll outlast the Canes and then Monday night, it'll be UConn by a few whiskers, but I will not fall out of the chair if I see Florida Atlantic cutting down the nets. No, I will not. But I I do think UConn is probably a little better. Just a little better. So what about you? Who you got tonight? And what are your thoughts on Monday night? Definitely uh, drop me a line. You can, there are many ways to drop me a line. You can shoot me an email. Um, you, You can, you can subscribe. You can follow me on YouTube, on Twitter, on Instagram. Let's go through all of these. So email is drgermg, that's D-R-J-E-R-M-G, at coolmeanderings.com. Of course, coolmeanderings.com is the site that you go to to check out all of my podcast episodes. But you can also catch my episodes on Spotify, Amazon Music, uh, Google Podcast. We're in a few we're out in a few um, platforms now, but um, you can also follow along with my YouTube channel. That's at Dr. Germ G on YouTube and on Instagram. It's at D-R-J-E-R-M. And finally, I still tweet at J-E-R-M-D-R. So there are many ways to get at me. I hope to hear from you and find out uh, who you like. Who you like tonight and uh, Monday night. All right. Have a great time and uh, stay safe. This is the Cool Meanderings podcast with Dr. Germ G.